This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart, and as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback, and I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, this week's episode of the podcast was recorded a few months ago at the London Podcast Festival. It was so cool to be in London, get a chance to meet so many of you. I started uh, that night with my plan to highlight activists and organizations working for the LGBT family in different cities. And so I had an awesome person, Greg Owen, who talked about um, his work with I Want Prep Now. Also, my guest today is Mae Martin, hilarious comic. I loved this experience being on stage with all of you. Also, I took the train one hour the wrong direction and was over a half hour late for my own show. And the audience just patiently sat there and waited. In fact, like everybody that was waiting there with them, like the producers and stuff of the festival were like, your audience is really cool because no one even complained. So yeah, I guess what I'm saying is I have the best humans. Thank you to all of you who came out to my tour dates this fall and enjoy this great episode. I've been feeling wrong, but I've things are happening. Number one, am I wearing the same outfit as this giant photo of me? Yes. Yes, I fucking am. Was that planned? No, man. No. But it's a nice detail. And I told them that they better not take that photo down. Um, Also, I'm Cameron Esposito. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you so much for joining us at a live taping of Query. Let's hear it for you. Um, I had a stand-up show tonight at the Soho Theater, uh, which is in Soho, and got off stage, just like, Im- like knew exactly where I was supposed to go, just like exactly, um, which was to take the Bakerloo line to um, Elephant and Castle. <laughs> um, which, it turns out, there's a place there like a place um, that's called like King's Place. Um, it's a small street. It's a very small street. Um, so like I went there, looked at that street, like what a beautiful street. And it turns out that that is the, if you could pick a direction in London that would be um, the opposite from Soho of this place for King's, that was the direction I went. So... Look, I'm just, uh, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just a regular guy, just like you. Didn't get any chance to eat dinner, so loose bowl of cashews. Would anybody like a cashew? You like one? Would you like a cashew? Great, just a loose cashew. Okay. Um, it is so nice to be here in London. You know, I've really, woof. Um, I haven't been here in a minute. This is my fourth time in London, but I haven't been here like as a full adult. It's been really interesting. Uh, 
walking around your streets. It's what I like to do during the day when I'm going someplace to do stand-up and I just like to see what's going on. Your men look really good. Your men are wearing really great suits. The people that wear suits are wearing really good suits. Everybody's suits look really good. I don't know if you've ever seen any men from the United States of America. But sometimes we just look like, there's just like a bunch of oranges <laughs> smashed into a sock. And so it's just like incredible to see what people are wearing, just very well-tailored outfits. Um, friends, I have great news, uh, which is that I have a wonderful guest on the show today. Somebody that like, I don't actually think we've met until before when I just like fell um, into their arms after finally arriving here and then just kind of screaming directions at people, but not in a like mean way, but just like in a, where's the stage, who has cashews sort of a way. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's somebody whose work I really like and I was so excited that they were able to be here tonight. So um, are you ready for a great chat? I said, no, it's... <laughs> It's like, it's, it's, it's chill. Um, do you know where it is not chill? Soho. <laughs> it's been chill the rest of the, I w I've been performing like uh, weekdays, and then now it's Thursday, and I'm very excited to see what Friday and Saturday look like. <laughs> do you know your little outdoor leaning areas of pubs? Those are cool. We don't have that, where everybody's just kind of smashed in the street, sort of. They're like, we're not in the street, we're outside this pub, standing. But you're kind of in the street. Anyway, um, that's cool. So I'm excited to see how many more people can um, block the way that I need to walk. Um, are you ready for our guest? Okay, please join me in welcoming the stage, May Martin. Give it up for May. Hi, May, there's a mic right on your chair. How Hi. are you? Hi, guys. This is May. Um, look, I don't know if you saw this, but it, it's making me extremely happy, which is that they gave us a, a bottle of water, but then closed and inside a mug. Does yeah. anyone see this? Super safe. This is cute. Yeah, very good. Yeah. It makes me happy. Um, How are your cashews? I, I actually like legitimately ate a bunch of them. Yeah. At, just <laughs> as I walked on stage and I felt fine. I'm, you know, I'm just like at that point in my life. Yeah. Where you're where like, I need a nut. I'm just like, I need a fucking nut. <laughs> this audience has already been waiting. I'm not going to make them wait longer. Yeah. So we'll just do this together. I gave some to the folks in the front row. Oh, that's but nice. But not to everybody because like, this isn't like a Jesus situation where I have like no. <laughs> enough cashews. It's like I have a finite number of cashews. So yeah. I'm going to eat most of them myself. How are you doing? I'm good. I think I'm really good. Yeah, thanks for having me. Nice to meet oh, you. Oh, yeah, it's such a pleasure. <laughs> it's so nice to meet you, too. You know, when, it's, when folks usually are on the show, um, we just do it in studio, so there isn't, like, an intro. So I have folks yeah, yeah, introduce yeah. themselves. But oh. I know, like, I've already said your name, but would you mind introducing yourself? Sure. Um, hello. <laughs> um, I'm May. I am from Toronto. I live in London. I'm a comedian. I think, you know, my head looks like a kernel of corn. That's something I'm, I lead with a lot. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm having a nice day. Went to, I went to the steam room uh, 
Yeah, and there was a guy eating an apple in the steam room. I was like furious. I was furious. But that is how they make cider. <laughs> one guy. One guy eats an apple in, in the, the steam room. room it yeah, drips yeah. into the ground you and it's collected. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have to tell you this. You live here. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's very, oh no, my shoe's gonna come untied, and then what if I fall off the stage from a seated position? Um, (laughs) It's very nice to, it's very nice to, I love to hear what people say about themselves. It's a weird one, yeah, I guess I'm not, I'm not used to doing an introduction for myself. What else should I have said? No, you nailed it. I'm a Taurus? There's no, you, you are a tourist? Yeah, yeah. You feel like a tourist? No, Taurus. Oh, Taurus! Yeah, 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 Taurus. A Taurus. A bull. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Yeah, Um, yeah, Loyal. Yeah. Stubborn. Passionate. A, fo- a car. 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 Ford, Ford Taurus? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do kind of still feel like a tourist here because I'm from Canada. But I've been here eight years. Uh, but I still feel like... When you go by... Have you gone by like Buckingham Palace and stuff? Of, co- uh, of course. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying that to be a dick, but I know that I walked... Have I seen palaces? Yes. Yeah. Could I tell you which ones they were? <laughs> Certainly not. Right. Yeah. yeah. You've been an elephant been castle. Like, I think people are over there. Yeah. That they have jewels and stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. I, I think get, I have. Yeah. I still get like I get starstruck by the city. You know. By the buildings. Yeah. Like, yeah. Look at you. I've seen you so many places before. I love yeah. you. And I loved you in this. Um, yeah. <laughs> that wheel. I loved that- you in that snow globe. Like you were so good in that. Um, <laughs> why? Uh, what brought you over here eight years ago? So I was in a long-term relation in Toronto with someone who was like, I want to do a master's degree in London. And so either we should break up or you should come to London. I was like, Ugh. I was like, all right. And then, and I didn't want to come here at all. And then, but I have family here. I had a British passport and, uh, not that I didn't want to see my family here, but <laughs> it wasn't. And then I came over and then, uh, she hated it and we broke up and she went back and I stayed. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to keep an entire city. Yeah. I got the city. Yeah. You got the city. She got a couple she of got good like sweaters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She got like some, <laughs> some good like vintage sweaters. Jumpers. Sorry, guys. Um, you say jumpers. Here. Oh, I understood you. So actually forget about that. Fuck. Yeah. Like, okay. it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's literally just like on this stage, it's high school. You know what I mean? Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, you were already doing stand-up? Yeah, I started doing stand-up when I was 13 in Toronto. That's a young age. <laughs> Too young. I didn't realize Dude. that. You started when you were 13? Yeah, like I had braces, acne, mm. long hair, in my school uniform, like going to clubs, physically shaking, like so nervous but weirdly compelled to do it. And um, yeah, so I started young. Dropped out of school at 15 to do it. And then, yeah, moved here at 22 or something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, wait, I have some follow-up questions. Okay. <laughs> Who was letting you... Yeah. That was, it's a really... Perform- I'm sure everybody asks you that. It's a really good question, yeah. The, I mean, my parents very much... No, incur- I don't mean that. I mean, like... Which clubs and venue. stuff. A venue, yeah. It's like, get in here. I mean, it was the second city in Toronto that... I think the novelty of it... Like, probably legally I shouldn't have been there, but they were... It, it was like... I was like this weird circus act that they would wheel out and like, but definitely the reactions from the audience were often just like, who has allowed this? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I think the, the second city that actually, that makes a lot of sense because mm. I was also asking because alcohol is like linked to stand up in a way that, mm. I mean, it really like doesn't have to be. We're all adults. We can, we can enjoy ourselves without alcohol. Can but we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But, mm-hmm. you know, I know folks that have started, like, that started when they were not 21 in the States, and that was actually, like, you know, super challenging, because, like, here maybe it would be a little bit different, but if you, you can't, like, get into bars till you're yeah. 21 in the States. So Second City's more of a theater vibe, I think. Right, so they, you can get in as, like, an, yeah. as an audience member, you can get in, because yes. they serve Food they stuff. serve chicken fingers mm-hmm. or what do, are, would you call them look, chicken strips sorry yeah, yeah and they uh and so that's how they get away with it they're like we have some chicken and everyone's just like fuck the chicken yeah i've wasted yeah it's like here they have to have crisps in pubs they're like no no, no we have crisps it's, and it's right isn't it illegal not to have crisps I mean, if i made this up i'd swear you have to have <laughs> i don't i don't know the laws here i the one thing i will say is that definitely the child labor laws are different here. Oh, I, really? I know that for sure. And actually, <laughs> this is the perfect place to like admit something. I've, I've talked about this on stage um, at my show in Los Angeles, but I'm so glad to be able to share this with you all. Like, 13, I don't, I don't know if they would have let you do that at like Second City Chicago. Right. Probably. Sounds like a great reason to sell tickets. Just like, come see this child. I think... Like, seriously, come see this child. Yeah. But, um... The labor laws are really different here for actors, and I know this because I am a big fan of the UK version of Skins, specifically yes. Naomi and Emily's relationship. <laughs> I'm not a monster. <laughs> I like, if there's like a lesbian in a show, like I've seen that show. Yeah, but yeah, not yeah. Not the full show, just clips of it on YouTube because <laughs> I'm an adult. And yeah. um, I watched that show on YouTube without like access to the full show. Didn't like really understand what's happening. Doesn't fucking matter. They kiss. It's, that's all I care about. Um, but I also didn't realize that like the, that the, the pornography act- laws are really different because in the U.S., um, all the people that play teenagers are... 35. 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was, like, watching these young actors, just like, they're so cute. I have a crush on both of them, like, and I'm protected by the <laughs> law. And then um, and I found out that that is not the case. And those were children. Um, those were real children in their bras. So... Anyway, uh, what I did was I time-traveled back and I told, like... <laughs> the, pe- the people to um, go ahead and, and, and start a revolution and, and get out from under your terrible thumb because I don't trust you anymore. Um, and that's how the war started. Uh, <laughs> the Revolutionary War. I lost them on that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so you dropped out of school at 15 and were you earning money doing stand-up? Yeah, like I was doing it I mean, to be fair, we're being like, this is crazy that they, but like, I think, like, they did eventually ban me from the building because for for doing drugs and stuff. So I think at a a certain point they were like, oh no, we've made a horrible mistake. That's what uh, would happen. Yeah. So I I got banned from Second City when I was 16. Banned for two years. I had a very rebellious adolescence and went nuts um, and then mellowed out when I came here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that was going on in your life. Um, did you get any help for that? Or were you just banned from a building? I was banned from a building. I was banned from also my home building. That's also my, a building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents' building. And, um, and then I, I went to rehab for like so long. Uh, yeah. I'm not, it sounds like I think it's cool. Like I, it was, I don't think it's cool. No, also like, yeah, that's um, just I think it's story. okay if they're quiet too because I think what they're doing is just like Lists. hearing your story and supporting Lists. you. It's yeah, very yeah. strange when you're 
a comic to be on stage and not getting laughs. So I'm Isn't just saying it? that I'm um, like I'm here for that story and I'm and I'm so happy for you that you thanks like, came through that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was a crazy. It was crazy. I'm, I only I, then I didn't think about it from the ages of twenty to thirty, and I'm actually only now like looking back on that time and being like that was insane. And and yeah, all my friends were adults and it was weird you know when you say um that you went for a really long time what do you mean without thinking about it i mean oh, oh, oh to rehab you mean yes, oh yeah. i went to, for nine months to like a rehab day it was like a day program for which is a on paper a terrible idea i think so it's just a bunch of teenagers and do whatever you want at night yeah you make all these new friends who all you have in common is drugs drugs the day ends. and you're like okay well so then that's over what should we do yeah. you literally the bell goes and everyone's like should we go bond in the alleys um but it was amazing and by the end of it everyone was yeah it was great yeah yeah and then rekindled with my parents and everything good but yeah it's weird then i kind of just for my 20s uh didn't think about it at all yeah hmm which is oh. a healthy thing to do, right, Brits? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they don't think about things. They That's don't true. do therapy, is that right? And, like, everyone goes to therapy in America, is that right? Well, I mean, I live in Los Angeles, yeah. so, like, does everybody in Los Angeles yeah. go to therapy? <laughs> yeah. um, yes. Right. I, I think I want to get into that kind of, that vibe. I would really recommend it. <laughs> I know, right? No, I don't mean that in, like, a, like, I, I actually, well, I'm very lucky I found, um, a queer therapist. I think and that's important. It's really important yeah. because prior I had a woman who was like cool, but um, I always felt weird talking to her about like sex. And I don't yeah. mean like, I don't need to go into graphic detail, but like, you know, um, sexuality and sex is a, that's a part of how we feel about our bodies is a part of how we feel in the world. Yeah. And, so, like, that's been something that's a lot easier with somebody who understands where I'm coming yeah, from. Not to have to explain first all these yeah, things. Yeah, you're like, you use your hands. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, so. Yeah. I can start after that. Um, yeah, there's, a sh like, a shorthand. With so yeah. Not well, no, the hand's pretty that. long. It's, it's like, I, guess. I wouldn't say it's like a shorthand. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> no, I, that's true. Yeah. And the other thing that I find really helpful about having a queer therapist, my therapist is like, we're not the same gender. I'm like more masculine um, than she is, but it's also cool to have somebody that like, if I talk about gender stuff, yeah. there's a bigger understanding totally. of like what I might be referencing as opposed to just like literally like, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, like, I guess maybe your haircut affects the way that you walk through the world, but like probably not. Yeah. And it's nice to, it's <laughs> nice to be with somebody who believes that. Yeah, definitely. When did you get this haircut? So this, so my whole childhood, I was this I was this person basically. Yeah. Then I hit puberty and was like, oh no. And so grew my hair long, greasy, long, always wore it tight bun on my head, very uncomfortable, confused. Uh, and you know, when you have your, have you, did you have, have you had long hair? Oh sure. Yes. Yeah. And t tight bun. And then when you take the bun out, it's like, it preserved this shape uh -huh. of the, and uh, I just couldn't deal with it. And I, uh, and then I guess like when I was about 16, went back to this. Yeah. So that's a that's a young age also to have like a like you have that's like a my whole childhood very distinctly boyish yeah well right like I think that one thing that happens is that there's a lot of folks who spend like specifically people who are raised as women like that are queer spend like some nebulous like 
Like, there's a lot of photos of me where I'm at the beach and I'm just only wearing bikini bottoms. Oh my God, me too. There's pictures of me and my f- female friends, and uh, maybe I'm like nine, like quite old, yeah. nine, ten, and they're all in fully clothed, and I'm like in boxer shorts and topless <laughs> with my arms around them, like, ladies, what's up? It's so weird. And yeah, definitely topless to too late of an age, but yeah. Topless is a big one. Also, um, Halloween is not a thing here. Yeah, Halloween. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> also, for Halloween, I was always like the weirdest thing. And yeah. by that, I just mean like everybody else was like, I'm a cat. Oh my God. It's a nurse. And I was like, I'm a pirate with a fucking beard that I've yeah. drawn on. Yeah, yeah. And a knife that I dipped in red paint. It sucks when puberty hits and then everyone does hot Halloween, like sexy Halloween, and you're like, can I just be like a fridge? I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm also like, I'm also like, this is sexy. You just don't know that. You yet. don't know like, it's, it's sexy. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This yeah. is eventually going to come back around, and like, yeah. I will wear this like same shirt I'm wearing now yeah. as a child, twice. But totally. Um, My parents though were really cool and and uh, ne- let me wear whatever I want I wanted and. And I, I maybe encouraged it, maybe really encouraged, like put a bowl in my head and cut around yeah. it, my mom. And I think, yeah, they were into it. So that was good. Did you have any indication of what that might mean for you? No, I never, I, I remember. Or like, what did it mean to you, I guess? Well, I, I'm still figuring it out. Like yeah. I, I definitely, my, my whole life, my whole childhood, people thought I was a, a boy and would think I was a boy. And, then, and I was always adamant, like, no, I'm a girl. And I would get into these like arguments in, in bathrooms and stuff. And then in my 20s, very much like I'm a girl and people still misgendering me. And then now I'm suddenly like, am I? But I, yeah. don't, know, I don't know if that's just that I've absorbed the world being like, we're not sure that you're a girl actually. But now I'm suddenly also with all the new language we have and like things are changing so fast. And I think maybe if I grew up now and if, if I was a, you know, a teenager now, I might say I'm non-binary, maybe. But at this point, I'm like, what a hassle. I'm... Yeah, I mean, it is, I definitely, I hear you. you I mean, I think, I think that um, it's exciting that we have new language that's better. Yeah. I think it's a little strange to be outside of, like, the age range that feels like it's claiming those words. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I, like, hear that for sure. I also think, like. Also, I'm, I'm, I'm bisexual. So I think it'd be, like, I was saying this to this boy recently who I, had been sleeping with. I was like, I don't know if I'm a girl. He was so panicked because <laughs> he was he was like, I think you are, and it's just society's version of a girl that you don't feel like you are. So, and I was like, Are you distressed that you might have slept with someone who doesn't say they're a girl? He was like, Yeah, maybe, maybe I am. Yeah, fair enough. But it's I, so I don't know. Maybe I think maybe if I was just dating girls, I'd be more. I don't know. It's complicated, isn't it? But it, yeah, is, it is. Yeah, that, I mean, I'm so sorry that that person has to be so stressed out by that too. Doesn't that? Suck? He's all right. No, so, I don't mean yeah. that. I mean, like, that's not also not even 100 percent coming from inside totally, of them. Like, yeah. I just mean like we're all like walking through a fun house with like just different mirrors that are like you're this, you're that, and like and and also you, um, you know, we're also taught to be like ashamed if we are misgendered, right? Yeah. So it's like if somebody's like. Because I, I, I was, never does this happen to me anymore. Mm. Um, I think it's because of my very large chest. But uh, <laughs> when I was a child, I got misgendered. And it was weird because sometimes I would be wearing like, after not wearing just a Speedo, I would be wearing like a full like girls bathing suit and have like long hair. Yeah. would just be like, sir, what do you want? And I'm like, and what are you noticing? Yeah, what are what am I giving but off? But like, you're right. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, you're yeah. not wrong. Um, yeah, that is a weird feeling. So did you, you had long hair growing up? 
Well, I had kind of like you. I had like a bowl cut for a long time, and uh, then I had fully long hair for like when I was like really like really dating men and like taking that on. But then what happened was I got a long-term boyfriend Mm -hmm. who um, amongst my classmates was perceived as like very attractive because he was a star athlete. And I think his being what he was, which is like very muscular, very masculine, kind of allowed me to be like scooting over to be like, okay, uh, I guess I just wear like like a ton of hemp chokers, <laughs> cut my hair, like bleached it, have like a black eye. Wait, what? I just, <laughs> for a lot of my senior year, I dropped a pool ball, billiards, like I dropped a pool ball on my face and I just had a black eye for like a lot of my senior year. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's pretty badass. Yeah, it was. So that's what I'm saying. It's yeah, like, I, yeah, like, you embraced it. When I started dating it. him, I wore like a Catholic schoolgirl like skirt, knee socks yes. and had like long hair. Wow. And then after like several years of dating him, I was just like, I just have like a black eye, you know, like, yeah, yeah. people <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I guess she's straight, you know, like straight yeah. women have black eyes when they drop billiard balls on their face. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. So he kind of shielded me and then I got to shift my, yeah. But during the early parts of my stand up career, I also had really long hair. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, cause I, I was so young when I started, there's like videos of me like thank god it was sort of before youtube and stuff but there's there is one video on, of me when i was 16 and doing a, a weird character comedy on like canadian tv and i'm in my school uniform is bizarre i it is bizarre wow what were you talking about i was doing a character that loved buffy the vampire slayer and was unrelatable yeah 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 i mean a character yeah yeah, yeah. what a fucking weird character yeah. so and threw that in the trash um and it was, uh, I was just in floods of tears about, about the show ending. That's the, that was the thing. And, uh, but then I got in trouble because I called the character Catherine Butchko. But that was the real name of a girl that had bullied me in school. And then they had a meeting at the school about it. And oh, my God. It was really stressful. No, yeah, yeah, you can't do that. I know. Now I'm still, I'm still using child, her full name. <laughs> yeah. Keep it in. Um, yeah. Keep it in the podcast. But her name is Catherine Butchka. What are you going to do? You got to use it. No, it's a great, it's a great name. Um, What about when you were doing stand-up? Were you always in character? Um, No, I I did. I think when, I don't know if you found this, when you start, you try on different kind of styles and imitating people that you like. And basically, so I did, I started doing character comedy and then, and then sort of become more of myself over the years. Yeah. On stage. I think that I'm so glad that you like claimed and um, spoke about being bi because I also am so curious about like you walking through the world with this presentation. And yeah. Then, and then especially because of our job, we mm-hmm. have to like talk about ourselves a lot. Yeah. And I'm assuming that probably most people don't put that identity on you. No, it's like the like lesbi- lesbian comedian May Martin is like the but I I don't think I've ever said that but but then it's but then when I'm like actually I'm not a lesbian then I feel like I'm being homophobic <laughs> do you know what I mean it's this weird like because I'm like I'd love to be a lesbian but and and often I am yeah <laughs> very probably yeah. most often I am yeah but I really like I've been I, I just I guess I you that's the thing about labels right you just pick the one but then every time I pick one I then behave in a way that doesn't fit that you know what I mean? And then I'm like, oh, so I guess, yeah, I guess I'd say I'm bi. But then what I've dated, like, non-binary people, does that, does bi encompass that? 
I think that I think that you this is truly my answer yes I think you can say whatever you want whatever I want that's so true and And sexual is that the you can say that and I yeah and or I don't have to say right I think well the one thing I would say is that I think because of where we are like politically Mm. I do think that I mean this is just my belief if you're somebody who's in a stable situation Mm. like making your own money and living on your own. Yeah. I think it is like rad and important to come out because I think that coming out creates like a sense of safety for other people, but it also creates like a sense of, Oh, we're like real to people that are outside the community. So I think, I think coming out is still really important. I think it's, it is easy to think we've come so far and we're beyond all that now, but it it is easy to feel that way. There's so much further to go and you're right. It's so valuable. And you just think like, even if it, is helpful for one teenager that's enough you know yeah and also i mean it still has a ton of legal ramifications right yeah. it's like the I'm death in, penalty in some countries literally and yeah. i'm like i'm in a position where it's um i've literally created a life where i can be out all the time mm. um and so since i have that opportunity i i, I feel a responsibility to yeah. do it but i don't think that's true for everybody you know certainly different people weren't in a safe situation yeah um but so yeah like that makes me think we still need these words totally but i think you get to define what they mean yeah you get to pick the word i find it really interesting so since i moved here i I, like this this is so nice can i just say because i i don't find i have a ton of queer friends in london like I've, i've somehow fallen into just like the comedy community all my friends are comics and in Toronto, I really was part of the queer community, and and it's it's just nice to be around. So it's just nice. Hey, there's probably some queer people here. Yeah, probably right. Yeah, yeah. Here's your new friends. But it's been um, interesting now. Like things are changing so much that I've ended up. All the people I've dated in London have been like historically straight women. That's what's happened, which is great. It's like they're straight, but. Because they're, like, into history. They're just, like, historic. They're into yeah. history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're just, like, okay, it was, like, Henry. Yeah. This wife, this wife, this wife. Yeah. Had it. <laughs> anyway. Um, so it's interesting, like, because, like, sexual fluidity and stuff is now the thing. And, and so often these great girls that I date are, like, okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'll say I'm sexually fluid. But it's interesting how nervous they are to go as far as to say that, I'm, I'm queer or I might be bi or whatever if because they've, oh, they've always been straight and I'm always like they're like okay well maybe I'm not straight but I'm and it's like well go that step further because it's valuable you know well also um okay speaking as if there are just men and women which of course there are not um I think men are cultured where it's like if you've ever been anywhere near a man like yeah bi yeah bi probably gay and then women are cultured where it's like a if you've been anywhere near a man straight. Yeah. So like, it's like, or uh, if it turns exper- out we still yeah. center like dudes as being like the barometer of our sexuality. So like you don't get to pick your sexuality. You can't, you can't say that you're like often a lesbian. If you've like ever been with a dude, like I do think that we still publicly patrol each other on that mm. pretty hard. Mm. And I think that sucks. Yeah. Cause I think that that would be very nice for folks to be able to like, as we're having these evolving conversations to like, just not freak out so much about uh, mm. penises. Mm. <laughs> just sort of on whoever that they are on. Yeah. Like just, <laughs> I feel like we could just kind of, we could all just kind of roll down our, our penis fear. Just roll it down. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, or our like centering of of, of penises because it's yeah. just like turns out there's like a lot of there's like a lot of stuff in the world and it's like yeah. not all dicks. Um, yeah. <laughs> hashtag not all dicks, but it means a different thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This week's episode of Query is sponsored by Zola. Zola is the easiest way to plan your wedding and register for gifts with a free wedding website, your dream wedding registry, affordable save the dates and invitations, and easy to use planning tools. You can start with your free wedding website. It just takes a couple minutes to set up. You can choose over 100 rad designs. Then you can pop your Zola registry into your wedding website so that guests can pick Anything from experiences to actual tangible gifts, all of it in one place. They've got a wide selection of gifts at a bunch of different price points. So friends, if you want to have an easy experience getting ready for your wedding, head to Zola.com slash query. That's Z-O-L-A dot com slash query. And you can get $50 off your registry today. Enjoy. Today's episode of Query is sponsored by Wild Fang. Wild Fang is a rad, gender-smashing, feminist fashion brand that's here to take down the patriarchy, but also just give you good pants. Literally, I wore a pair of their red velvet pants that are brand new to a wedding over the weekend. Very excited about it. I also wore black shirt with it. I also wore tie with it. I also wore tie clip with it. All of that from Wild Fang. Recently was at their store in Portland and had a, got a chance to meet Emma, one of their founders. That was amazing. Also, there's a store in Los Angeles. There's a store in New York. Do you live in those places? Cool. Here's another thing about them. A percentage of every purchase goes to charity, and this year alone, they raised $100,000 to save the last abortion clinic in South Dakota. Friends, you can go to wildfang.com, find some suiting there, find some button-ups there, wildfang.com. And if you use the code query, you get 25% off. That's wildfang.com. Use the code query for 25% off. Hey, what are you, what are you working on right now as a comic? I, I have exciting things that I can't announce yet. That's okay. So I'll say that. Yeah. But I'm also, I'm ready a book. I got a book coming out in May. That's, um, that's a perfect month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's been weird because it's a book about sexuality for teens. But I'm like increasingly like, I think I'm clueless. Like I, it's changing so fast. It's been a learning curve writing it and being like, clearly these teens know more than me. Like, do you find like when I do I do like university shows sometimes or whatever. And I like I don't know all the words and it's interesting. Anyway, so that's been good. No, that's totally real. Yeah. I also want to say, like, we're in such a better situation than other comics right. who have no access to queer identity or the queer community. That's because true. they have, like, at, like, 28, have fallen into a pit of, like, essentially being, like, elderly retirees. Just because, like, <laughs> like culture's evolving so quickly yes. that, like teenagers do use like totally different language i'm really glad i'm part of this community because it's like i can continue to sell tickets to younger people yeah because i sort of know some of the words yeah totally yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um but yeah what else were you gonna say besides your book i'm doing a a radio series for bbc radio 4 and recording that in 
December and uh, and then yeah I got exciting TV stuff that I'm so pumped about but I can't say it but I'm so pumped yeah no I mean like keep that pump going and I, I can't know. wait to do what it <laughs> yeah. is yeah um, I have some other stuff that I want to get to in this in this in the rest of this live show and unfortunately for all of us I completely fucked up and um, went far, very far you away went to see Elephant and Castle and that's important what too. is that what is that you had to see it I didn't see <laughs> straight up I saw no elephant. <laughs> and I don't know what the castle was that they were talking about, but I didn't see any of that shit. Um, May Martin, friends. Let's hear it right now for May. May, what, what I think I'm going to do is have you like pop backstage yes, for a minute, yeah, yeah, but sure, then sure, at the sure. end I'm going to have like a Q&A. Would you come back out during to. that moment? So Absolutely. it's just going to be like in like 10 or so minutes. There's a little hatch there that I'll be watching you That's through. what I want you to do. Yeah, I'll be watching you Eyeballs today. right out there. <laughs> and, okay, see you in a uh, bit. Thank you so much. One more time for May. Oh, May is killing it. Also, I just had to look at your name because um, this is new info as of today. So something that I'm trying to do when I go on tour, I'm going on tour a bunch of places in the States um, when I get back, and something I'm trying to do is to, when I go to a city, um, reach out to a local organization that provides either care or community or services to LGBT folks in every city that I'm going to because one thing is that I don't know about all the organizations that exist here that support our community. And I am so curious to find out the actual work people are doing. Like, I, I love um, being a part of your family, but I'm also just like a dumb stand-up comic who stands on stage and is like, like, this is the, in a, but there are people who do real on-the-ground work. And I'm so curious about the work that those folks do. But then also, I, I'm aware of the fact that like, you might not know about all of the organizations that work in your city, because I certainly don't know everybody that's doing work in Los Angeles. So... Tonight is the first night that we're doing this, but I'm going to do it out on tour for the rest of the year. I'm, I invited um, somebody who is from the Terrence Owens Trust is here. So, um, Greg Owens. Is that... Get up here. Hi. I'm Cameron. It's so nice to meet you. Will you sit down right here? Yes. Just here? That's, that's not the name of your organization, is it? You're, it's the it's Terrence Higgins Trust, and my name is Greg Owen. Yeah, so you I'm sorry. Matched I wrote it down It was wrong. cute. It was cute. Look, I was eating cashews. Like, <laughs> shit was rough. Um, <laughs> tell me again. Yeah, so your organization, um, first of all, I like, I, what I did was I solicited from Londoners, like, what are the organizations that you love? And the Terrence Higgins Trust is one of them that was recommended to me. So can you tell me about the work that you do? Of course. Well, that's really heartwarming to know that we've been recommended yeah, to Yeah, like, this came from... These people were like, this. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, I don't actually run Terrence Higgins Trust. So Terrence Higgins Trust is the UK's leading sexual health and HIV charity. And it's named after one of the first people in the UK to die of HIV, of, of an AIDS-related illness, Terry Higgins. So it's been set up over 35, 30 years now. Um, and we provide not just support and care for people living with HIV, but we campaign on uh, key policy matters like the HPV, which is the virus that causes um, some herpes and some cancer in the throat and your lower parts. So we campaign for that to be made available to boys and girls at school. Um, and also, I do, probably there are some gays in the audience, so they probably know about pre-exposure prophylaxis. So um, we campaign actively for PrEP as well, which is an anti-HIV medication. And I set up and run a website called I Want PrEP Now, which uh, signposts where to buy genuine generic PrEP, which is 
contributed to a, a recent downturn of about 30 to 40 percent uh, in new diagnoses in London, England and the UK. Wow. That is, I mean, I'm, um, I'm so grateful to you for that work. Uh, like, that's incredible. Um, I want to hear more about specifically that part, the prep. Uh, that's the sexy part. People, people want to know about that part. This is, is that's, that the other stuff part, is not sexy? Uh, no, it's just you know, it's a really, really exciting time for HIV prevention in globally, but particularly here in the UK. So, I mean, the, the, it is new and it's sexy and people buy into it. And it's, it's a really, I mean, it's a huge, huge development. But I think when we talk about HIV, and we, we have those awful images. I don't know what it was like in the States, but here we had this awful mainstream media advert in like the 80s or early 90s of like tombstones and death and dying. And it was just really horrific. So like I'm 37 and that's my overarching memory, that and Freddie Mercury. Hey. So we're the same age, by the way. I'll be 37 okay. next, next month. So, you so know, we're so the same age and we like... The global context is yeah, the same. Yep. So it's just death and illness. And so for the first time now, we have this incredible tool. It works almost 100% if you take it as directed. And it doesn't matter of your sexual identity or your gender identity. It works for everyone. Slightly different instructions depending on who's taking it and what kind of sex they're having. Um, but also, coupled with PrEP... Um, we know that people living with HIV who are on effective treatment and who are undetectable uh, means that they can't pass the virus on. So these two things together means that we have a real, real shot of ending the HIV epidemic in this country. So that's huge, and that's why... I mean, it's it's so huge, and it's why I wanted to ask um, about that, because actually, in I mean, in the U.S., um, I don't know what it what it is like in my actual city, Los Angeles, where I live. What I will say is that the people in charge are some of the scariest people, specifically on this issue. Um, our vice president, Mike Pence, when he was the governor of Indiana, which is one of our states, um, defunded Planned Parenthood because um, occasionally, like as a as like a side gig, um, Planned Parenthood provides needed and legal abortion, but. Um, when he defunded Planned Parenthood, the effect that that had in his own home state was that he created an HIV epidemic because folks were using Planned Parenthood for testing. And so, like, and, and this was, these are actually, um, this wasn't mostly a, the queer community. This was a lot of straight folks who lived in rural areas without good clinics. And so, you know, when we talk about the HIV epidemic, it's like, sometimes I think, um, number one, we talk about it like it's in the past often. We talk about it, it's like it's super scary or as if there's nothing that we can do. And then the folks who are speaking out of their mouths about our community as if we're like dirty or gross or wrong, like those are the same people that are preventing us from getting something that would just easily save our lives. Like right now we just have the, op the opportunity to do that. I, I'm going to put it a little bit more in an Irish way because that's what we do. This Give is it a, to me in an Irish this way. This is another case of a cis white straight man telling us and other people that are not like him what to do with their bodies. And that just stinks. Do you know what I mean? It's just well, it's yeah. atrocious. And it's a case. If, if HIV, I mean, and it's similar to pregnancy. Like It's no man's job to tell a woman what she can and can't do with her body, period. But if HIV, going back to my specialist subject, was a health condition that disproportionately affected cis-born, white, straight, middle-class men, PrEP would be available and HIV would not be the issue that it is. Simples. I mean, 100% true. And I also think that any time we... Um, 
create a distance between the person and their own body, it's, of course there are effects. Like, of course there are health effects. I mean, I would even say that that's true about, like, of course that's also one of the biggest reasons I, I believe that we have um, so much assault and harassment aimed at folks who are in marginalized communities, right? Like, that's why we're also disproportionately affected by that, is because we're taught to, shame, to feel so much shame about our bodies. And specifically, HIV, um, you know, the, like, I was raised really Catholic, and I, one of the things that I think we are not talking about enough is how the Catholic Church is specifically linked to the rise and spread of HIV and AIDS in uh, Africa, in this country, and in my home country, because we have, um, because my church uh, that I was raised in demonizes contraception, specifically condoms, and when you live in areas that have been colonized, sometimes the church is the only place providing medical care, and if that same person that's providing you medical care believes that, like, Jesus the white man told you not to use a condom, then like there can be huge and devastating health effects. I think it reaches far above and beyond pregnancy prevention with a condom and HIV prevention with a condom on a much broader stroke if you are telling us that we're wrong, period. The mental health, social health, well-being, the, ge- the general baseline for a whole community and a whole nation in, in, in regards to Africa. Um, cause we, we, we know a, a lot of a lot of that rhetoric from the the Pope and harking back to the nineties of no condoms did most of its damage and damage in in communities that were already struggling. So it just it 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 doesn't work for me. Um, and I think to be I mean I have nothing against anyone practicing faith or spirituality, but organized religion has a lot to answer for, not just in terms of HIV, but in the general mental and emotional well being of our communities. Period. Agreed. <laughs> One hundred percent agreed. Religion is something. I mean, religion is something that you are you are indoctrined into, or that you learn, and or that from your parents, or that you choose. And I fully support everyone's freedom of choice. But this, me and you, this is not. Tr- I, I was born like this. So what? What my life and my existence and my truth does does not take a second place to your religion. I'm sorry. Absolutely, and I will also say that I think. Yeah, sure. I also think that's this is part of why I think it's so important to talk about the work that organizations do that people like you do because we we herald you know folks who go into um, communities from a faith based perspective and, and uh, talk about like those folks as like saints or whatever. I mean, you're doing the work that's saving the lives of our community members. So to me, like. That's the stuff I'm really interested in talking about. And and why do you do this work? Like, what 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 motivates you? Um, uh, honestly, I've everything that I've done that has led me to here has been an accident. It was like none of this was planned. And anything I've done, I've done because I really felt like I had to do it. Um. I only ever do anything because I really want to do it. So for me, it was a very personal thing. So uh, PrEP is still not fully approved here in the UK. You have to get it through a trial or you have to order it through my website yourself. Um, So I had been looking to the States who approved it in the summer of 2012. And I finally managed to get hold of some from a a friend of mine gave me some Truvada to use as PrEP. And I had tested HIV negative like uh, a couple of months before. And I went to the clinic the next day to confirm I was HIV negative, having just got this highly elusive HIV prevention drug. And then I was diagnosed 
PHP positive 20 minutes later. So for me, I was just like, oh, MFG, like, I can't believe <laughs> that sucks. Like, I've got this thing that would mean I would never become HIV positive, and I'm literally just a few months too late. So it was sort of born out of necessity and anger, really, and I just didn't really want anyone else to go through that needle because it's needless. It, it was a needless HIV infection, mine. Um, and so, I ju so, so the whole website came about because of that. And that was, I mean, I guess my investment for that was not really mine, although kind of saving myself a little bit you know I, I had to make my HIV status count but it's also you know I've had friends and people who I love who have been diagnosed HIV positive and just totally lost the plot had breakdowns disconnected from their family their partners their fiancés their whole world turned upside down I was lucky that didn't happen to me but I kind of just felt like I have to fight back and that's that that was the motivation behind and that's still why I do what I do because I kind of love it Oh wow! I'm yeah. I'm really grateful to you for telling us all that. And like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I could swear, but fuck yeah. Oh yeah, you can swear. I'm cool with it. Um. So folks that want so so tell us on your website, which is IWantPrepNow.com.co.uk. Okay. Uh. So what will folks find when they go there? So if you go to IWantPrepNow.co.uk, you will find that basically the ABCs of prep and some cute videos of me in a nice blue jumper telling you how to do it. <laughs> I look totally cute, so just saying. Um, no, if you go to the website, it gives you the ABCs of prep, how to take it, um, uh, what way you should take it depending on who you are and what sex you have. But also, quite crucially, if you're in an area where you can't get free access to NHS prep, it shows you where to buy it from verified and trusted sellers who sell genuine drug, and it's as cheap as £60 for three months supply. So, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Well, I mean, like, one, first of all, thank you so much for being here. Let's hear it. Thank you. Um, and uh, thank you for the, the work that you do for our community. It's like a true pleasure. Yeah. You're beautiful. I'm going to give you a hug. Yeah. Thank you. More time for Greg and the Terrence Higgins Trust. I felt like you did great. I felt like you totally crushed it. I'm going to have May come back out here for a second. May! Um, we've got about 15 minutes left, and we do have microphones available. I want to just say, if you want to ask a question, I would love to um, take some questions, and uh, you can raise your hand, and a microphone will come to you be passed to you so that you don't have to yell and so we can also get on the podcast. Um, I love that it's like straight up just people in the exact middle. But don't you put those <laughs> hands down. Uh, where um, is the microphone situation? Yeah, pass that, pass it over. We can do it all together. Greg was amazing, by the way. Greg was, was amazing. Awesome. Yeah, I was listening. That was Wasn't amazing. Greg amazing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, somebody I think has already received a microphone. Hi. What's up? Hi, friend. Hi. Hello. Uh, my name is Laura. Hey, Laura. Hi. Or Sam. <laughs> I'm non-binary and I go for two names, which is kind of uh, weird for a lot of people. I'm not from here or from the States. I'm from Colombia, actually. I've come from, yeah, way far away. <laughs> so, hi. I am I got uh, here like a couple of weeks ago. And uh, so my question is, uh, well, thank you very much for being here, both of you. I, like, admire you a lot. Uh, and... Uh, 
is mainly well in Colombia in Spanish we actually don't really have like that much information about non-binarism or queer things in general there's like really little examples of people that are like fully out and well even comedy comedy like uh, comedians not there, there's not, not many queer comedians and I really love comedy like I would love to go into that like that's part of why I'm here also so um I was wondering if maybe you've like thought about maybe getting uh, something translated, maybe getting anything that anything that you do like on podcast, maybe Cameron or yeah. any type of comedy that you do, maybe getting it translated or subtitled in a way or doing something maybe for us Latin Americans. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's such that a good question. Thank you so much for that question. Uh, first of all, I will say my little sister lives in um, Buenos Aires and has told me the same thing, which is that there is not a lot of language for non-binary folks. So um, I'm hearing that from, like, that's that's multiple countries that that's true for. Uh, and if you, like, I don't know if you, I don't know if you have, a ch have I don't know if you've heard great comedy from, like, really great non-binary comics, but I've got a, uh, I got a really awesome recommendation for you. Um, I know this great comic named Rhea Butcher, um, and they are very funny. So uh, you should check their stuff out. In terms of translating stuff, what the, I think for me the only barrier is sometimes just, um, you know, a lot of stuff that I put up, I um, organize myself. I'm pretty, like, um, I don't always have a ton of support from, like, a network that would do the funding um, for that. Mm -hmm. But I recently put a special up on my website and this is something that other folks have asked for and I, I hear I hear that ask. Um, I think it's a really good one. Maybe a translator will hear this yes. and then be like... And volunteer. Volu yeah, Just absolutely. give me some cashews and I'll... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can do, you can translate my work. We yeah. should talk... Let's connect <laughs> via the internet. That sounds like a great idea. Yes, and I'm sure yeah. that you would love your work to be translated. I would love that. Yeah, yeah 100%. And yeah, same deal. It's uh, You're doing it on your own a lot, and it's hard to... Yeah, Yeah, to just like have all the resources to make everything available all the time in the ways that it should be available. It can mm. be sometimes a challenge. Um, but great question. Uh, yeah, this person. This person has a microphone, and then you'll pass it to that person. Yes. Hello. Um, thank you for a good show. Um, my name's Georgia, and I run a website called queerbookbox.com, and I wanted to know if you have any queer books that have been important to you that I can recommend to my readers. What a seamless fucking plug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was sneaky. Yeah. Unbelievably <laughs> yeah. seamless. Yeah. <laughs> queer books. I fucking love queer books. May, do you, are you into, like, queer media? Not everybody is. Yeah. I want to be. I just spend so much time on my phone. But I think, yeah. uh, like, I, I have a friend called Zoe Whittle, who's a, who's a writer, and she writes queer books. She wrote a book called Bottle Rocket Hearts, I think. Is that... I think that's right. Uh, but I, I mean... I just I take books that aren't queer and then I make them queer in my mind like Stand by Me the uh, which it's called The Body it's a Stephen King book about yeah. this group of boys and they go but on But you're a, the star of that, right? Yeah, like, I'm like, well, I'm one head, of the boys. No, I'm in it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about you? Oh, I well, I I guess the most recent thing um, I love queer media and I like I'm really into it and uh, I read Call Me By Your Name pretty recently because mm. um, when I like a movie 
and it's queer, then I try to find the source material because I'm like a big nerd. So like, do I like have? Do I own Carol? Yes. Do I also own it as an audiobook? Yes. <laughs> do I also own it as The Price of Salt in the original like <laughs> print printing? Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's like of course I have all that. Um, but no, that Call Me by Your Name is a really interesting book because I think the characters are actually a lot more bi mm. than they are than is indicated by the movie, which is which is like cool. So if you're looking Classic for like a bi erasure, am I exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so if you're looking for like uh like and it's also super sexy, like like inappropriate for public places sexy, which is always like actually exactly in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Like I want to be like I'm like listening to it as an audiobook and I'm on the train with you just making eye contact just like he's fucking the peach right now. Like it's like <laughs> that's how I feel all the time. You're on the blue line to Elephant yeah. and Castle. Exactly. Just. Exactly. Um but yeah, that was that was the most recent thing that I loved. Uh but yeah. That's a cool that's a really cool uh website though. I, I'll yeah. check it out. I agree. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for this wonderful question. Yes, this uh, person. Hi, I wondered if Sort of both of you, I find it quite interesting that you are, Cameron, you've talked a lot about being fairly mainstream and always just playing to an audience, anyone who wants to come and see you. May, I'd say you're kind of crossover as well and you appeal to a lot of different people. I've been thinking about this a lot this week because I went to see Janelle Monet on Tuesday, which was amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. But it's interesting because for me, like her star has been in the ascendancy since she's made a very clear choice to appeal specifically to queer audiences, whereas you maybe have made slightly different decisions, both of you. I wondered if you could talk us through that decision that you make as a queer artist, who you appeal to, how you appeal to them, where you kind of uh, walk that line. Thank you. Oh, that's interesting that that's your... That's interesting only because um, I feel like... So I saw Janelle Monet for the first time live probably in 2008. Look, that sounds... <laughs> <laughs> um, but my perception at the time was that people were like not fully aware of what was going on with her and that people thought it was like, oh, oh, like a woman who's also Prince, like, I guess this means nothing. Um, <laughs> you know, like, let's not assume. Um, may I, I, one time I walked past Janelle Monae at a party. Do you know what she did? What? This, ready? No. <laughs> if you're listening to this, that was crazy. That's what happened, May! It's <laughs> what like, happened! It was like a, like a subtle head, like an upward head nod. I like, know. Hey, what, like, like what's I up? I know. That's awesome. Um, what about you? What do you think in terms of like your the way that you're approaching your comedy? Art? Yeah, I I think um, I never really I've th analyzed it like that. I've uh, I actually find in when I started I I don't know if you've found this, but playing to straight audiences, I often find I have to do more gay material because it's the elephant in the it's the elephant in castle in the room. I come out. <laughs> It's the elephant <laughs> in the castle, it's the elephant in, in the, the center of the room, in yeah. the room, because I come out and I feel like I have to address the fact that I look this way, and so they can all go, "Oh, thank God she knows that she." And then, uh, and and it, it's nice playing to queer audiences. I feel like I can sometimes talk about other stuff, but I, I've always just been like, "I'll talk, I'll do whatever you'll pay me to do," and I'll so I usually just talk about relationships and life and whatever. Yeah, like, I don't think I've made a conscious choice, but appreciate both. I think. Right, I, f I feel like it's like um, actually the audience finds you and not in like a, 
like I've been doing this job for a really long time. I'll perform for whoever's whoever wants to hear yeah. me. But I do find that for me, after I got to like a certain point and people knew who they were coming to see versus like mm. when I was just um, performing like, randomly like as an opening act, uh, straight folks just more often self-select out. So I just mm. mean like I the percentages have changed. I don't think it's because more queer folks are coming because I've just like worked my way up over time. I mm. think the audiences are getting larger because I've been working longer, but I think it's like more straight folks are staying home because <laughs> they feel unspecifically invited. Uh. And I just feel like that's a very interesting thing about art is that like if something is queer, then um, sometimes I think straight people feel uninvited mm. from that and then I just go like wow what if you were queer and your entire life yeah <laughs> was existing in straight spaces wouldn't yeah. that be weird um I get it I have a, a big percentage of my audience seems to be straight people who like to tell me after shows about their gay experience <laughs> and they do it when the like men will do it when their girlfriend's in the bathroom and be like what does this mean like people are so struck but so I I, I appreciate that that's yeah. so much trust they yeah really trust you yeah she comes back I'm like, they're I'm like not- they're taking it to their grave yeah. except for you like yeah. <laughs> um wow that's really amazing yeah good Good question, though. Uh, I feel like just time-wise, maybe we only have like. First of all, I love this. That was so polite. <laughs> I liked it so much. Yes. Um, I'm Finn, and in two days I'm going to um, university, and I wanted to ask about like. So you said how coming out on the language is like it's easier to kind of now. And so what if your spheres of influence like completely change? So what if you're out now and everyone you're like everyone knows and then you go to a completely new place and there's 23,000 people to handle? Oh no, something terrible has happened. I don't know what you just said. <laughs> Wait, was it, was it USC? What, what was the first bit? You're going to USC? Oh, to uni. Oh, to uni. Oh, great, oh my great. God. Yeah, oh university. my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this what my audiences have been trying to uni deal with all week i like <laughs> i know you just said words sorry <laughs> and i um, know i know those words so you're going to uni and you feel like you have to come out again no almost? is it like is it what i don't know um you said about um yeah. language is easier yes because we have that now and it's right. 18 and you know things are good kind of um so what if your spheres of influence change so you go to a different place yes and, yeah so you're saying, okay, hang on. Sorry. You're going to a new place and you're yes. like, this is much bigger and now I have to come out all over again? Is that the question? Or like, how do you find yeah. a... Or like, how, like, how would you handle a completely new set of people to deal with after... Like, you've built a, a community and yeah, a... That, little, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. So you're in like a safe zone and then you're... Yeah, how do you... I guess it's just a, a bunch of new and potentially awkward conversations. But yeah, daun- <laughs> like daunting for sure daunting but also are you hopefully universities these days are are better are good places to be to find new communities yeah yeah, yeah and re- I mean, resources right there must yeah be tons i mean of resources. i also i also feel like okay so i think the question that you're asking <laughs> <laughs> is about continuing to come out and one thing i will say is that if you're like I've come out and I'm going to a new place and it's gonna be me coming out to a bunch more people. 
Um, great news. That's practice for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, because, I mean, even like with the way that I look and present, I still find that sometimes people are confused about what's going on. And I think that, um, and then there are people in this room and like that I, you know, that I know who are also like, they're queer, but maybe they present way less queer, mm. you know? And so like, they're constantly having to come out. Like, may just came out on stage as like, you know, like I think something that we share as a family is constant coming out, whether it's like literally like actually I use these pronouns or I'm actually bisexual or how you present or like our, you know, our status, like our HIV status, like, like there's constantly coming out is something mm. that we all share. So um, if you're in this moment, like where it feels like a precipice that you're like jumping off of like everybody in this room or not, I I'm not assuming everybody in this room is queer, but um, any queer person understands that feeling. And um, yeah, and I think it's something that like we all need to remember. You know, it's like when we talk about our trans family members who are s- s- fucking terrified in the bathroom, mm-hmm. like I don't know that experience, but I know that fear. And so I just think it's it's really important to remember this is like, this is a thing we can all provide each other comfort for because we all know what that feels like. Hmm. Was that helpful? Yes. Yeah. Based yeah. on the words you actually cool. said. <laughs> I love you very much. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is blinking red, which means stop. But I'm going to take one more question. <laughs> because Pressure's on. I just feel like it's important. Um, so who is our final question? Is it you right in front right there, that person? Yeah. Because you're so close to the microphone. Yes. All right, friend, bring us home. Bring us home. (laughs) So everyone's asked amazing highbrow questions, and I have a really lowbrow question. Perfect. (laughs) Also, May, I'm so sorry you have no queer friends. You're very welcome. Thank you. I mean, I have have a couple. If they hear this, they're going to be like, excuse me? Yeah. They're going to be like, we had a dinner party. I'll I'll tweet you afterwards. Um, Could you tell us, please, about the first uh, celebrity gay crush that you had where you had a little inkling oh that's such a good question great 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 I did not see that question coming but I love it May do you have one at the ready yes um uh, two that are so okay really quickly uh Hocus Pocus Bette Midler (laughs) Bette Midler yeah 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 I remember being six I saw Hocus Pocus I was like these witches I want them all to fuck me in the woods and and they and Bette Midler who was not the hottest of the three I shouldn't say that I but mean is she is she, like, she is, might be. Though, she yeah, is. Yeah. so so her and then also um Tim Curry as as uh, Frankenfurter I yeah I, my dad showed me that film when I was five or six too young and it was I remember just being like he's the epitome of like raw sex appeal and he's so powerful and my, it was also impactful because my dad was showing it to me and going look how amazing this person is and I was like whoa cool oh yeah. that is cool I, my dad used to see the stage show live in um London and my grandfather played the narrator in the stage show with what? Tim Curry what Tim are Curry you saying stage. out of yes. your mouth and my dad told me he was like when I was 16 I used to go and sit in the audience and he said there's a certain seat that you could sit in where Tim Curry would always go to that chair and he'd put like a feather boa around whatever guy was sat there and he's like I was 16 and I would go and like sit in that seat because I was like this person is God yeah <laughs> but him saying that was so important to me being like my dad is cool have you did you ever have you did you ever have a chance to tell your dad that that mattered to you? 
Yeah, you know what? I should more explicitly. Yeah, like we yeah. still we share a love of that film and stuff. But yeah, I yeah. should say that meant a lot. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes yeah. it's nice to be able to tell people yeah. um, about, about like, the little moments. Yeah. Oh, my first is a hundred percent, hands down. Mary Stuart Masterson and Fried Green Tomatoes. Whoa. I don't know. I don't know. Well, May, I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to I watch. I wish I'd known this at the beginning of the podcast because you're fired from the podcast. <laughs> um, fried Green Tomatoes. Fried okay. Green Tomatoes is a really amazing movie based on a book, Fanny <laughs> Flag. Um, and uh, it's, um, there actually is like a lot of queerness in it. Yeah. It's, it, it's, Fully, there's a queer relationship at the center, but they only like throw flour on each other's faces because it's like yeah. we can't have them kiss. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's lo- Mary Louise Parker. Mary Louise Parker, and it's Mary Stuart Masterson. And uh, boy, they, I didn't realize told just now how, how similar, similar their names are. Um, <laughs> Mary Stuart Masterson's amazing in it, and she's like very butch in yeah. it. And I really think that it was um, the first time, like I maybe ever saw, like sort of a butch presentation. She even has, like, long hair, but she wears, like, a vest. So I'm like... Yeah. I know what that means. Um, <laughs> but it's really great. You've never seen this movie? I'm going to watch it. I <gasps> I think I'm I was... I'm so happy and excited for you. I'll watch it tonight. I will. Yeah. I was drawn to any kind of villain or, like, Ursula the Sea Witch or, like... Um, Parker, Parker Posey and Dazed and Confused. Like yeah, any those are bully. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bullies. Yes. Is that bad? Is that no, un- is unhealthy? <laughs> Actually, this is, this is a perfect note to leave you on. Um, <laughs> Rhea Butcher, this comic I recommended, one time we were in an elevator in San, in San Francisco. And um, we were there for a comedy festival. And uh, Parker Posey uh, was also there for this comedy festival and got on the elevator with us. It was just the three of us. I am a lifelong fan. Same. Obviously, she's incredible. Yeah. So I I just said, like, hello. And then she said, oh, are you in the festival? And, and we were like, we are in the festival. And then she was like, so are you guys, like, is, like, are you, like, um, like a troupe or like a sketch troupe or whatever because I noticed you're wearing like um, you like matching outfits is that like you're like <laughs> is that your like sketch uniform and we were just like oh these are our, our clothes <laughs> perfect <We're> just gay <laughs> but then later that night at a bar she bought me a drink oh my so, god amazing um, amazing friends wow this has been an incredible Incredible time. Thank you so much for making time in your night for us. Let's hear it one more time for Greg Owens. Let's hear it one more time for Mae Martin. The London Podcast Festival for having me, everybody at King's Place, for being so patient while I went somewhere that was not here. All of you for waiting. I'm Cameron Esposito. Please enjoy the rest of your night. Bye. This episode of Query is sponsored by Wild Fang, a feminist fashion brand that's here to take down the patriarchy and is committed to giving back. A percentage of every purchase at wildfang.com goes to charity, but also I like their style. It's tomboy style. It's cute. I wear their pants. Recently wore their pants made of velvet. All this is true. Go to wildfang.com and use the code Query for 25% off. That's wildfang.com. And use the code Query. (laughs) 
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast. Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos, <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here.